for tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the bread of life. According to Your Ability by Barbara Smith We all know how the dreaded process of job hunting goes. Firstly, you decide a general field of labor you want to pursue. Secondly, the hunt begins for job openings in that category or similar fields because there is not always any available to your exact specifications. And thirdly, the job application process begins followed by the dreaded interviews. The job offers are most times accompanied with a lengthy list of job descriptions and qualifications. The point of this is for the applicant to read the list and decide if they would like the job, would have the skills to do the job, or would be able and willing to learn the skills, and if there might be any on-the-job training, and this should all be done before applying. For example, if you have no experience in cutting hair, never want to learn how to cut hair, and hate the idea of touching other people's hair, do not apply for a job at a salon as a stylist. This will be a waste of your time and the time of the employer. If you got the job, you would probably be out of there as soon as something more appealing to you came along, and they would have to go through the process of hiring all over again. This can be prevented by you staying within the field you know you would like and be able to learn and be good at. Before you take umbrage with this, I will qualify these statements and say yes, I know in a perfect world picking and choosing would be more feasible. However, I am just speaking in general terms. I have lived long enough to know that there is no exact science to acquiring a job and often you must go through two or three to hit your final lifelong forever job, career job. I am also aware that some never get the dream job they start out wanting because of wages, location, or other deterrents. However, though disheartening at times, life still goes on. Now, why do I state dreaded interviews? Well, there are several reasons. The extensive list of qualifications may have five things you are great at and two or three things you have never done. Those few things can make you a little unsure of yourself and cause the dread. Or you may not have the confidence in talking to people in the interview setting, for instance, but you may be a great bricklayer, therefore the dread of the meeting, but not the job itself. Then there is the fact that you may have done six interviews already that month and have had no callbacks yet, and thus the downheartedness and lack of confidence going into yet another meeting that you feel may be futile. 
our minds do begin to play games on us even when we know we would obviously be the best choice of candidates for this position. Go ahead and smile, you know it's true. We do have to admit that the interviewing process for the employer is no walk in the park either. They are trying to find the perfect employee out of tens or hundreds of applicants with just the right character, personality, skills, and experience. It is not an easy feat. Often it takes several varying skills to get one job done. For example, you may be an excellent bricklayer, but do you know what to do when you have run out of mortar? Employers are looking for someone who can get the job done well from start to finish. Lately I have taken a fascination to my surroundings. You can drive across a bridge for days, weeks, months, and years and not stop to think about all the skill and labor it took to construct it. However, when a problem with bridges arise, such as on I-40 in Memphis the summer of 2021, everyone was outraged about the flaws that were found or not found previously or the disrepair it was in. We are all aggravated with construction daily, but we want nice roads to drive on and beautiful buildings to live in and work in. Those people are just doing their jobs and using the skills and experience they have to get the job done that the pencil pushers and accountants could probably not do nor want to do. Think of all the good food we eat. Most everyone likes a big fat juicy steak at least occasionally when we can afford one. Have you stopped to contemplate all the various jobs, skills, people, equipment, etc. that goes into getting that steak onto your plate? I am sure I will forget some, but let's see. There is the farmer who buys the cow, those who run the farm to keep the cow healthy until slaughter time, the auctioneer who tries to sell the cow, the butcher who buys the cow to slaughter, the meat packers, the stores who buy from the butcher, the truck who delivers the meat, the freezer stockers, the cashiers who check you out at the store, your job, an employer who paid you the money to be able to purchase the meat, and all of the peripheral jobs going on around those activities every month or year that affect the final destination of that one steak to your table. Everything in this life is interconnected and we should not think that our skill set is any more valuable than another's. Take for example the clothes we wear daily. They do not just appear out of thin air or show up automatically at the store. There are hundreds of smaller processes that go on to get that beautiful blouse in your shopping bag. I am sure by now you get the idea, but I encourage and challenge you to take a few minutes each day to appreciate the things around you and the work that has gone into them. Exodus chapter 31 verses 1 through 6 states, Then the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Ahashemach, 
of the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I have given ability to all skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. Chapter 35, verse 34 states, And he has given both him and Ahaliab, son of Ahashemach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. Chapter 36, verse 2 says, Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Ahaliab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability, and who was willing to come and to do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of the constructing of the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, The people are bringing more than enough for the doing of the work of the Lord, which he commanded to be done. So notwithstanding the mispronunciation of those names, we see that the Lord had not just given a job for them to do, but the ability to get it done. In the wilderness, when the children of Israel had come out of Egypt, God had given Moses detailed and extensive instructions of how he wanted each item in the tabernacle to be constructed. Though Moses had seen work done, in his younger years in Egypt during their slavery, he had spent his last 40 years as a shepherd on the backside of the desert. However, there was no need for panic. God always is ahead of us when it comes to fulfilling his plan. He gave the instructions. He then provided the laborers and teachers, then gave them the ability to succeed and the means to purchase the materials. In fact, there was more than enough to do the job. Take note, the only thing the people needed was a willing heart. It's said in those verses, willing to do the work and willing to give to the Lord. God provided the ability and the means. Anything we have and are successful at is because of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 through 18, God says to the children of Israel, You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. With the abilities we are given comes responsibility to use these gains and abilities for the Lord also. On another occasion, in Ezra chapter 2 verse 68 through 69 it says when they arrived at the house of the Lord in Jerusalem some of the heads of the families gave freewill offerings toward the rebuilding of the house of God on its site according to their ability they gave to the treasury for this work 61,000 derricks of gold 5,000 minas of silver and 100 priestly garments here again we see they gave according to their ability from that which the Lord had given them. In the New Testament, the early church did the same. You can see in Acts chapter 11 verse 29 it states, Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. 
not only in monetary situations, but this applies to all manner of talents, whether you work with your brain or your brawn. First Peter 4, verse 10 through 11 states, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God has given him, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It does not matter if you are good with people, or you are the greatest salesperson in the world, or an impressive public speaker. It is a gift from God, and the reason lies in the last verse, so that God can receive the glory. There is no need to panic at his calling on your life. All he needs is your willingness, and he has the rest covered. With ability comes accountability. God expects a return on his investment. He despises laziness because he knows the result. Proverbs 19.15 says, Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. God is our creator, and he knows that with fulfilling tasks and having a purpose in life comes a sense of accomplishment. And without it, we wallow in our own self-pity and despair and end up miserable and impoverished. Proverbs 28.19 says, He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. This is the very reason he gave Adam a job in the Garden of Eden. Not for the garden's sake, but for Adam's sake. The scripture also states that if you do not work, you do not deserve to eat. In Matthew 25, we see the parable told by Jesus regarding the talents, which was a type of monetary value in those days. Verse 15 states, regarding the wealthy man that was going on a trip, he was dividing his wealth and goods amongst his servants. It states, And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. They were not given the money for an inheritance or for themselves personally. It was their job to take care of, invest, and bring a return of investment to their employer of his wealth while he was away and not able to do this himself. He gave them each according to their ability. They had no doubt been trained because they were already his servants in his employ before he left town. We know that the first two doubled their money and the last one failed to even put it in the bank to draw interest. The first two were rewarded got raises and promoted, as we would say in the secular sense, and the last one was fired. Spiritually speaking, we know the parable was meaning the talents, which could be money, abilities, time, and so forth, should be used for the Lord and bring a spiritual return in our lives and in the lives of others. There will be no excuses when we stand before the judgment throne. He has given us all what we need to get the job done and to succeed according to our abilities, which are also from Him. God will not require us or ask 
us to do something we are not capable of doing. Will it involve work? Yes. Will we have to swallow our pride at times? Yes. Will we be walking by faith all of our lives? Yes. However, we do not have any cause to fear, for we know the master of the wind. If we get in a storm, metaphorically, any demanding situation in our lives, he can speak, peace be still, and the winds and the waves must obey his voice. This is his ability. He is God. Let him use you according to your ability to accomplish remarkable things for him. He will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Thanks for joining us today. We trust you have been nourished and blessed. Always remember the Lord is faithful and His mercies are new every morning. Until next time, God bless.